The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them, and from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. My dear friends, the good news, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sin. My dear friends, we hear a lot about the practices of Lent during this time of the year which you know are fasting and self-denial and alms deeds and praying. But I think it's also good to think about what are the themes of Lent. The practices get us to accomplish the themes that we're shooting towards. So what are some of these themes of the season of Lent? Well, here's some of them. Holiness and happiness. Self-control, penance. Love of God and love of neighbor. Prayer and peace. Forgiveness and healing. Spiritual combat and identity. These are some of the themes that are going on in the season of Lent. And our readings today, I think, very easily and very nicely point out to us the first one I mentioned, holiness and happiness. This is something we're working towards in the season of Lent, to become more holy. And to be more holy is to be more happy, because holiness is becoming who you really are. To have the freedom of the children of God, to be the person that God has created you to be. So that leads to more happiness in your life. So what is holiness, though? Let me talk about it in terms of this. Holiness is the ordering and the integration of your inner life. 
You know, we all have an inner life. St. Augustine was the first one to write about it. Things happen outside of us in the world, in the outer world, and we process that in our inner life. And there's different pieces of our inner life. And holiness is those different pieces being integrated, working together properly inside of ourselves, and also being properly ordered to God, being brought under the reign of Jesus Christ in, in our inner life. Now these different parts, I've named them today, drives, I put them in alphabetical order so you can maybe remember them, drives, desires, emotions, thoughts, and temptations. This is what's going on inside of us, and, the, and, we, and we react to the world with these things. First of all, we have drives. These drives are all good. They're given to us by God. <laughs> They're good drives, but they get twisted a little bit. The devil tries to twist the goodness of our drive and make it into something that is not so good. We all have drives, like the drive for the, like the biological drive for the procreation of the human race. That's good. God gave us that. That's how we have a human people on the planet. But the devil tries to twist that into pornography or into something else that's not good. The devil takes a good drive that we have and twists it, but it's good. Or different desires. You know, the devil tries again, take these good desires that we have and twist them into something that is not so good for us. Like, for example, the desire... The desire to be connected and the desire to be uh, alike, the desire to have people have affection for you. The devil can take that and twist that into you, someone's now going to manipulate you in your life and have manipulation over you because you've got this good desire from God to be liked, to be accepted, to be connected, and the devil will try to twist that. And then there's our emotions. You know, our emotions are also good. Emotions, God gave us emotions to help us get through life. Can anyone imagine life without emotions? Ugh. <laughs> so emotions are good. And they've, they've given, God has given it us for our own protection. You know, emotions are instantaneous, unreasoned response judgments. Instantaneous, unreasoned judgments. Then, you, once you have the emotion, you've got to take it to the court of reason and say, is that emotion worth having? Some are and some aren't because they're instantaneous, unreasoned judgments. <laughs> So some are worth having, some aren't, and then we put those under the reign of Jesus Christ. And then thoughts, too. We get thoughts from all over the place. Sometimes people in confession, they feel bad about themselves because they had a bad thought. Well, guess what? Thoughts don't always come from you. Thoughts can come from the devil, from an angel, from God, from a broken part of yourself, from the world. Thoughts come from everywhere. So just because you have a thought doesn't even mean it was your thought. You have to bring those thoughts under the reign of Jesus Christ. Is this from God or is it not? And then bring that thought under Jesus' reign. And then there's temptations. We all face these temptations. And there's two kinds of temptations. Temptations to do wrong from the devil. But, you know, the Holy Spirit tempts us too. The Holy Spirit tempts us to do something good. That's a temptation. Why don't you do, why don't you call that friend you've been avoiding? Or why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Something good. The Holy Spirit also tempts us. So we have to accept the good temptation from the Holy Spirit and reject the temptation from the devil. And this is how our interior life gets integrated. So it works the way it's supposed to. And this is how our interior life gets ordered to what God, who God would have us to be. 
And our beautiful teachers today come from the readings, teaching us this. First, Abraham's teaching us docility, surrender, saying yes to God, alacrity. You got to say yes to God for these things to happen. So Abraham, in our first reading, is teaching us surrender to God, docility. St. Paul is telling us in our reading, too, that, you know, it's going to be hard, but the power doesn't come from ourselves, but from God's grace. This integration and ordering I'm talking about is not nothing easy, but the power doesn't come from me and you, but from God's grace, from God dwelling within us. And he orders us. The more we can surrender, the more we can be ordered to God and integrated by God. And then Jesus gave us, I think, the best lesson today about our identity. The Father, the devil attacks our identity constantly. He doesn't want us to know who we are. He wants us to be, you know, chained, bound, like a, like a chained up dog or something. He wants us to be chained. But our identity is that we are the sons and daughters of God. God put, made us in his family. He adopted us. We are the son of God. We are the daughter of God. That's who we are. And that's what, that's what the Father says to Jesus today. You are my, this is my son in whom I am um, well pleased. Another way to put that is delighted. This is my son in whom I'm delighted. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God delights in you. God is delighted about who we are. So, dear friends, this is our journey in Lent. This is who we are, and this is what is happening. So let us say yes to God.